0: hey guys and welcome to the channel if you're new to the channel do remember to hit that subscribe button for more content like this and of course if you're new or old do hit that like button as well and if you're watching on a podcast platform or listening on a podcast platform do leave a rating or review if you do like this video let's get into this, this is a preview Rafa Nadal versus carlos alcaraz i mean it is once again the master versus the apprentice or maybe it's not Maybe it's just the young gun coming through, about to overtake the Master. Maybe the young Padawan's going to become the Master. Who knows? Bit of a Jedi reference there, and a Star Wars reference there for you, for you Star Wars fans. Now, 2-0 is the head-to-head, or 2-love is the uh, head-to-head record between Nadal and Alkraz. Of course, we always talk about the age difference and the parallels, considering that. You know, Alcaraz won Miami at a very similar age to when Nadal won Miami. And then after winning Miami, he's made his top 10 debut. And that's exactly what Nadal did as well when he won Miami at 18 years of age. He will be actually turning 19. And quite nicely, it'll be his 19th birthday when he does head off against Rafael Nadal tomorrow in Madrid. Now, it's the quarterfinals. And this is worthy, let's be honest, of a final, a semi-final of potentially even a Grand Slam. I know it hasn't gone that deep yet in a Grand Slam, but you just feel like it's a matter of time. Now we're going to break down tactically um, how it might go, uh, the key battles there, uh, and also go a little bit into, I guess, their route to this Uh, Current spot of the quarterfinals as well. And I'll give you a little bit of insight, especially into Nadal as well, into how he's played. I did uh, live watch on commentary on the GTL uh, channel for uh, Nadal versus Goffin. And yeah, it was a dramatic and very exciting match, no doubt. But yeah, some interesting takeaways from that, I think. And I don't think that level will be good enough against Alcaraz, but uh, I can imagine his level will definitely definitely be higher you would imagine we just never know of course he's been out for about six weeks with that uh, cracked rib injury as well so uh, let's get into of course their route first and then we can talk about it from a tactical standpoint so first of all alcaraz you know he played barcelona and then had a, a little bit of a break and i think rightly so considering he won it and then he just looked all strapped up and he just thought look let's not continue to keep on playing like he's going to get injured or have a long-term injury and they obviously want him to peak at Roland Garros a lot of people are saying that he is in the top four top three favorites in a lot of people's books let's not get ahead of ourselves of course we are going to be doing our French Open or Roland Garros power rankings after uh, the Madrid Open for WTA and ATP so do keep an out for that as well as an FOI so Alcaraz, uh, first of all, played Bersedich Philly, who is a, well, a powerhouse, to say the least. I mean, absolutely crunches the ground strokes, and uh, they played under a closed roof as well, but got it done 6 3 7 5. An interesting match. I mean, Alcaraz, I think, you know, had some issues at times, had to save uh, some break points as well, so saved two out of the five uh, in that match. <clears throat> first set percentage around 65%, and first set points won only 66%. Pretty low but on second serve, 58%, which uh, I think vasilis Philly would be very disappointed about. But returning-wise, we know that that's uh, probably the more natural facet for Alcaraz out of the serve and return, to be honest. Uh, and in terms of the serving, yes, it's improved on the clay, of course. He's not going to win as many free points. It's not as quick. He won't be able to kind of blast the serve away um, and hope that if it's not in the corner, he might get free a lot of free points, it's not the case on on the clay generally and yes, it's a slightly quicker surface in Madrid in terms of uh, in relation to other clay courts but it's still a slow court, right? It's still a clay court. So yeah, good win there but it can be dangerous I mean, I think for me yeah, he can be dangerous but anyway, not to be uh, and then Alcaraz against Nori who I think was actually fighting a little bit of illness if I'm not mistaken uh, this time, first set percentage at 70%, 71% of first serve points won. Second set points won at 44%, which is decent. But I had to save seven out of nine break points. Um, Cam Nori saved only two out of seven. That was the big difference. So actually, Cam Norrie opened up more break point opportunities than Alcaraz. He had to win in three sets as well. Uh, ended up winning 6-4, 6-7, 6-3. And he did just play only a few hours ago. So that will be... It'll be interesting to see how he recovers from that. I mean, I know he's... Well, he will be 19 tomorrow. It'll be his birthday. He'll be pumped. He's playing against, you know... He's right. He's... Well, his idol, I guess, growing up. And someone that he hits with a lot and someone he respects. And he'll try and rise to the challenge and, and also try and finally get that win over him considering that he's lost uh, the two encounters they have played in. Uh, that Indian Wells encounter, I mean, was crazy. It was three sets and the windy conditions were just, in, like, extreme. And I don't think we saw anywhere near the type of level of tennis we could potentially see tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. So hopefully we do get that. And then in terms of, uh, yeah, the Alcaraz game generally, I think for me, Nori is always going to be a, a pretty good matchup, but Nori doing really well. And I'm quite pleased and happy with how uh, he does fight Cam Nori. And you look, I mean, I don't think he's going to win a Grand Slam personally, but you know who knows? He could make a semi. He could make a final even. Um, and I think that's pretty good going. So we'll see. Anyways, um, back on to Alcaraz. So yeah, good couple of wins there, very solid. Nadal's had an easier route to be, yeah, uh, to be fair. I think obviously Ketmanovic is in form, no doubt, and beam in straight sets, and that was a pretty good victory. I know, look, Ketmanovic, you might think, oh, that's not a great play. He's been in really good form. He really has been. And I thought that was a very, very good win. A breadstick and a tiebreaker. Nadal got through it. Now, the, the match, which I think is the most interesting out of uh, the two, of course, is that David Goffin uh, win. And it was an almost almost a loss. It really was. He was 6-3 up. And I thought in the first day he played some some good tennis. And yes, it took him time to warm into it. But then eventually he just started started to, to dictate proceedings. And as soon as he dictated proceedings, it was very hard for Goffan to get a foothold in the match. I mean, just him with a lot of depth, especially on the ground strokes. Well, only on the ground strokes. And the forehand just hitting through the court. The power was there. Uh, ramped it up. And the backhand was firing. And as soon as the backhand, especially the backhand on the line, is firing, you just feel like Nadal's in a good place. And he did look pretty... He did look good. Not pretty good. I thought he looked good. I don't think he looked amazing, but I thought he looked good. Solid, solid solid kind of form at that point. Uh, took the first set and you're thinking okay great and kind of halfway through the second set, still playing pretty well and then out of nowhere um, the level just dropped and he was 5-3 up Nadal, he had a match point on Goffin serve, completely blew it, I mean really really bizarre, absolutely bizarre scenario like he lost that point and you just think okay fine fair enough, it was on Goffin serve but then he he burns the one on his own service game. Um, and you just think, what? And it's a really conservative point. And I was just disappointed. I was really, really disappointed with how he played it. And then after that, so imagine he was 5-3 up. He lost four games in a row. Because Gofan then broke him at 6-5 up. Nadal serving the same set and didn't manage to do it. So he got broken. And it was just crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I mean, I was watching it and just thinking what am I watching? (laughs) Like, what am I watching? How is Nadal suddenly capitulated? Like, this this isn't the Nadal we're used to seeing. He's normally very clinical, and in the big moments, he'll get it done. And I was more surprised with the fact that he was playing pretty well up until that point and then capitulated and didn't manage to be clinical and finish it off uh, than if he were to maybe not as played as well. Um, Say, you know, went to three sets, but then was clinical in the third set, got an early break or something, and then went on to win. I always said, okay, you know what? That's fine because he still, uh, you know, had time out and that's okay. But look, okay, in the big moments, in the big points, uh, he was able to grind it out. Now, I think the biggest issue for me is the fact that he didn't um, until right, until the end, of course. But yeah, anyway, burnt those two match points. Then in the third set, it was a tight encounter. I mean, David Goffan played some really, really good tennis. I thought I thought he served exceptionally into corners, dragged Nadal out. And I'm just having a look at his numbers here, actually. I mean, 73% of first serves in. That's really high. And then 67% of first serve points won, which I think is pretty solid. I mean, it's not unbelievable, but it's pretty darn good considering he's facing one of the best returners ever. I think Djokovic would be the best, but Nadal in the top three of all time for me. And uh, second serve points won 45%, which is pretty good. Saved eight out of eleven break points. Goffin, so Nadal did have a lot of break points. I mean, I know he had breakpoints. points. Um, yeah, he had a lot of break points, and especially in that third set, didn't take them as well. And i are just thinking, okay, you've just burnt the two match points on the break points. Yes, Goffin was pretty good. Managed to, I think he was, I'm pretty sure he was love forty down on the service games, and he managed to hold. And I was just thinking, what is Nadal doing here? And a couple of errors from Nadal. Okay, fine. Good serve out wide. Then Goffin on the front foot with the forehand. I get that. Okay, well played. Uh, but Nadal, just a couple of a couple more unforced errors than maybe we're used to seeing, especially on the forehand, miscuing it at times long. And yeah, going to net, um, not as many returns made as we would expect from Nadal as well. So it was just, it was a rusty performance, I think. I mean, yes, there were definitely, as I said, like the period of that first kind of set and a half. I thought, okay, he's pretty, playing quite well. Um, I didn't think he was playing incredible, and yeah, there were some of those unforced errors still, but they definitely, I felt, seeped through more um, at 5-3 up in that second set onwards, and then in the third set at times as well, but yeah, Goffan, he actually upped the uh, the power on the ground strokes, there was a stat the MBH on both sides in the second set, and I think that did definitely pin Nadal back, I think um, he wasn't having it all his own way, and I think in those big moments, and especially when it's five three up, I just felt like he was almost going through the motions and was happy to just be conservative and and be tentative and say, okay, well, I'm just going to make balls, and then you're going to make a mistake. And Goffan wasn't making mistakes in those moments. He was taking them, uh, you know, he was taking them with both hands, and then he was taking the opportunity and he was making sure that he held, and that was really impressive to me. Um, yeah, like. Uh, he's a he's a talented, talented player and of course won a tournament recently, David Goffan as well great to see him back in form and he, he seems to be a troublesome matchup for Nadal they've now got a 5-2 head-to-head uh, but David Goffan, yeah the game he's got and the way he's playing at the moment I think he's dangerous, I think he's really dangerous the first serve was really good as I said uh, he's got good touch and feel as well uh, the drop shot didn't always work Nadal chased down a lot of them but sometimes he finished off with the next point or Nadal going to the net with a dink, he would then hit a return, you know, kind of drop shot winner himself. Uh, but Goffan, yeah, I think especially with the forehand, um, the in-to-in for in-to-out forehand, I thought he utilised really well. And everyone knows the biggest tactic to try and utilise against Nadal is to try and go into out with the forehand, uh, flat and low at an angle to then have Nadal have to kind of whip the forehand, almost that kind of ankle height and on the stretch, and he doesn't like hitting that because he has to wind it back, it takes time, obviously, to wind it back. So, yeah, he utilised it well at times, I thought, and, yeah, it was just a good, good, good performance from David Goffin. He ended up having uh, three match points in the tiebreaker, as in Nadal, I think, uh, or four, actually. I think David Goffin had four in the tiebreaker. Nadal had three, and then I think at the fourth time of asking, he took it, but 11-9 in the tiebreaker, it was really topsy-turvy, to say the least some really tight points and done in the end though, uh, winning actually because Goffa went for an in-to-in forehand on the drive and just missed it. Just missed it. It was an error in the end that gave him the win and yeah, a tight, tight win and he will not be able to play that level against Alcaraz. I mean, there are a couple of double faults, four in total. That's not the end of the world over three sets, but uh, I think the issue and I think the concern was that he served two in consecutive points, put himself in trouble um, for him, first serve percentage of sixty six percent in that match, seventy six percent of first serve points, one second serve points, one fifty four percent, which is pretty good. So yeah, yeah, not not a lot to say um, more on that. To be fair, apart from you know, I guess it can happen, it can happen. But yeah, Nadal barely survived. Um, how will he go? I don't know against Alcaraz. I actually had both these guys making the quarters, but then Alcaraz winning. And I, you know, I'll make a case of both players, but I genuinely find it quite hard to see how he doesn't win this. Um, I just think Nadal is almost right for the taking um, in this type of form and, uh, you know, being rusty as he is. But who knows, he might old man him as he has in the past. Uh, But yeah, in terms of tactically, I think Alcraz has to utilize the into our forehand uh, and exactly like how golf did, take it on the rise take it early use the angle re really drag nadal out onto the forehand side you've got to be really careful you've got to be accurate and pinpoint on it because if you don't hit it clean enough at uh, enough of an angle it just sets up uh, a very easy shot for nadal to unleash which is that kind of lasso forehand cross court down the line and then you're in trouble so Alcaraz needs to utilise that, needs to hit his spots, I think, on the into our forehand, and then make as many forehands as possible. So he needs to serve well. If he hits his spots, Nadal, you know, we saw against Goffin, he ended up hitting some shorter returns. That means a lot more forehands for Alcaraz. And that also then means, uh, you know, putting away uh, those balls as well, or coming to the net and finishing off with a volley for the most part. I think the biggest, I think, concern for Alcaraz and his team is the amount of breakpoint opportunities he gives away. And I think uh, how many points he potentially loses on serve. Now, I think by hitting his spots against Nadal, he'll definitely have a better chance. I think he needs to almost potentially cut out that big, big kick serve on the ad side, which, look, I don't mind as a second serve, but as a first serve against Nadal into the forehand, is just not the right play. So I think he needs to kind of look into that, Al uh, Kraz as well, and then come to the net when he can as well, shorten the points, don't let Nadal... Uh, I, look, let's be honest, I mean, if they hit from the back of the court... Uh, the one who makes the first mistake most likely will be Alcaraz unless it's a forced error. Uh, and Alcaraz is hitting too big for Nadal. Nadal's on the back foot. So, yeah, I think he needs to be innovative, Alcaraz. And as I said, needs to utilize the entire forehand. needs to serve and hit spots. And then uh, I would like to see him come to the net. He does serve and volley at times and also then hits an approach or comes to the net. And I think that is the intelligent play against Nadal. He also needs to utilize a drop shot. He's got a fantastic drop shot, Alcaraz. Yes, Nadal is super fit, but Alcaraz really does utilise it incredibly well. As is Nadal, and I think that will be a potential battle as well, the battle of the drop shots, um, especially if the conditions are as uh, timid, I think, as we're hopefully expecting. Uh, So, yeah, those are the big, big kind of pluses for me. Well, big tactical points that I would make for for Alcaraz. And I don't think it's necessarily a tactic to then target the Nadal backhand because I don't think it's, it's a weakness at all anymore. I think actually potentially at times more reliable than the forehand, but just maybe not as hurtful. But yeah, I think for our needs to mix it up needs to uh, needs to really get Nadal moving around in uncomfortable positions, especially dragged out wide. And that might mean hitting like Goff and a lot of serves out wide into the deep position of where Nadal is uh, and make him really run around. Um, and that will take its toll eventually. Um, in terms of fitness later down the stretch in a match, especially if it's going to end up going to three sets. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of my look at it from the Alcaraz point of view for Nadal. Needs to make a lot of first serves, I think, because the second serve is looking, yeah, okay. It's not looking not looking amazing. Uh, a lot of kick on that second serve, but a lot of the times just down the middle of the box, I think Nadal needs to utilize, um, especially that flat serve out wide on the juice side. Uh, yes, it's potentially into the Carlos Alcaraz forehand, but if he hits it flat enough, it will just kick off. He'll get three points from it. He'll get unreturns. So he'll get aces from it, um, and then also go down the tee as well. Be brave on, um, yeah, on the on the ad side as well. Go down the tee to the forehand. Um, if he hits his spots there, it's a fantastic serve. Uh, you know, no one's getting onto it, or they're framing it, or they're getting it back. But it's a short return. So I think he just needs to mix up his serve placements against Alcaraz. Find what kind of suits him. What uh, he's having more success with. And then I think adjust there. He needs to be obviously aware of the Alcaraz drop shot. And then also for me though, Nadal just needs to hammer, right at the, hammer away at the backhand, which again, for Alcaraz, not much of a weakness. Um, but I think we'll see Nadal obviously whipping that forehand cross court. And then for Alcaraz he needs to step in. Anything short from Nadal, step in, put on the back foot. Uh, and we saw Goffan do that and he had a lot of success. For Nadal, I think he needs to get Alcaraz defending. If he can dictate in the points, especially with the forehand, and get Alcaraz running a lot get him kind of defending in uncomfortable positions and positions where he's not used to having to um yeah having to defend then it'll definitely be a very very big big learning curve for him and a good one nonetheless as well so yeah very intriguing for sure and um I'm very much looking forward to it but in terms of prediction, I'm gonna go Alcaraz in three sets, just because I, that's why I put my bracket, and I'll stick with it. I think Alcaraz definitely has the better form coming into this as well, and obviously he's been playing uh, in Barcelona before this, the champion there. It's going to be a really, really tight match. I feel. And I think Alcaraz, yes, you know he's Spanish, and a lot of people say, "Oh, he's gonna be the next king on on clay at Roland Garros." Uh, his favorite surface isn't actually clay. I don't think his game is. As suited potentially to the clay, but it's good enough that I think uh, he should have a, a pretty decent chance. I think Alcaraz is one well he's return well. For the most part, he does return well, but anything short, Nadal pounces on that one plus shot and puts it away with a forehand. That is the uh, well. That's just the bread and butter, really, of um, of it. So yeah, very interesting. Um, but yeah, Nadal in the end. Uh, I think it's going to be really tough for him, to be fair. I think he might get run ragged at times by Alcaraz. I don't think he'll be able to keep up with the power at times uh, just because, yeah, just because I think he's still a little bit rusty uh, and I think he might his timing is a little bit off. is uh, Just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, for Nadal as well, come to the net at times as well and he can. I think he needs to mix it up. Can't just stick with uh, Alcaraz at the back and then eventually if there's a shorter ball, Alcaraz will pounce on it. That's the type of player he is. So, yeah. Very very interesting matchup. It's the world number four versus the world number nine in the world. It's two Spaniards. It's Rafa Nadal Carlos Alcaraz. I cannot wait for this. Let me know your prediction in the comments, and also let me know your thoughts on the tactics uh, before we get uh, well before we wrap up. Please remember to hit that like button and subscribe if you haven't done so already, and do also follow us, um, leave a rating or review as well on uh, any of the podcast platforms as well thank you very much really does help us out and uh, we'll see you on the next video thank you very much